Welcome to another episode of Orchata Time with Melly. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who has been listening to the episodes and just being interested in this podcast because it is a big passion of mine. It really means a lot to me and I hope I can one day repay each and every one of you for the kindness and advice you have extended to me. Today, I have a super special guest that I love with my whole entire heart. She's such a ray of sunshine that emits warmth and happiness no matter where she goes. She's listened and supported every single one of my episodes thus far, and I'm truly honored to have been able to have her on here. She traveled far for it, even though she wasn't feeling too well, and that just reminded me of what a loyal and trustworthy friend I have in my circle and how lucky I am to have her in my life. Before we get started, I wanted to remind y'all that you can follow the podcast at Orchata Time Podcast on Instagram and YouTube to stay up to date when new episodes drop. Thank you for being here and enjoy! Hello everyone! Today's guest is yet another one of the girl bosses I had the pleasure of meeting at school. She was a friend's roommate and we instantly clicked when meeting each other by bonding over our love of One Direction and being Geminis. (laughs) The rest has been history and I'm so excited for you to hear her story today, which is super inspiring to me and I know it will be to everyone else. Introducing and manly hello <laughs> she's a little nervy today so please be kind to her i think it'll get okay like as we record yes i think yeah. so too because it's just a conversation we're having a conversation that everyone will be able to hear it's like a nice little like audio diary yes Very exactly cute. and it's Girling also moment. really therapeutic to be able to do this mm. so i I was the one that invited you because (laughs) you do have a really inspiring story. And every time I hear about all of the, all of the trials that you've had to go through, (laughs) all of the really hard things that you've had to go through, I just couldn't imagine it for myself because I feel like we've just lived completely different lives, yeah. even though we get along so well and we're, we have a lot in common. We, we learn from each other. I do want you to start with how you grew up. Maybe I should start with a slight disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. Um, disclaimer. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I feel like I today look at how I grew up a bit different than if you would have asked me when I was in high school or, you know, a little bit younger. I feel like I found like a lot of like forgiveness and... Mm. Um, Maybe just like understanding for like my family growing up today than I have in the past. I think today I I kind of get that I was like my parents were being parents for the first time with me. Mm. Um, I'm the oldest. Um, it's just me and my brother, but I'm still the oldest. And yeah. um, so you had that older sibling pressure on you. Yeah, definitely. And I was like also not innocent i guess and in, in some of the you stuff were a little bit sometimes and that's <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> um but i i don't know i um i feel like i grew up in like a family that looked very like nice from the outside and i kind of relate to you in like um your last episode of talking about that how like it looked mm-hmm. very put together from the outside and i feel like that's a lot of people's like experience but mm-hmm. um i never knew that either Growing up, I just thought they look so put together and I wish it was like that. But I think everyone has these issues, these problems. And growing up, you do see that. Yeah, you just kind of like learn how to make it work for public Mm -hmm. viewing. Um, My growing up was interesting. I I actually feel like I don't recall a lot of it. Um, I don't really know... um, too much of like what maybe I don't like if I'm repressing parts of it or what exactly, mm-hmm. but I don't remember a good chunk of my childhood and um, not in the sense of like, you know, oh, you're not forming memories yet or anything <laughs> like that. But like it's like ages that I should remember this stuff um, and family members will tell me about things that happened mm-hmm. that like I did or, 
you know, it was happening and I don't remember any of it. And I'm like, okay, like you could be telling me about like a random person. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking you could about. You be telling me a lie and yeah, I Yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> um, but it was um, very interesting. I grew up in like a small town mm-hmm. um, in the South and uh, grew up in a Southern Baptist mm-hmm. family <laughs> raised with religion. Um, and that was its own like course in my life um, that greatly influenced like the different relationships that I have with like my family um, and friends, but mostly family. It was just like me, my mom, my dad, and my brother, who's like a few years younger than me. Grandparents. I mean, I still lived in the same town as like my great grandparents. And it was like very much so everybody was very close Close knit. knit. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's like five minutes away from each other. But I feel like that puts more like strain on (laughs) your experiences (laughs) than um, maybe if like, you know, we were like further distance. Because you feel like you're being watched pretty much. Yeah. And like not in like the, not in the best way. Because, you know, like that saying, like people were like, oh, it takes a village like to raise a family. Mm -hmm. It just felt like you were like under everybody's like surveillance. Yeah. (laughs) So I hear you talk about your childhood and it doesn't sound like maybe the best way that you grew up in. Yeah. What do you feel comfortable telling? I don't want to say that like my experience was the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it's the only one that I've had. So Mm -hmm. my parents like always made sure that like we didn't have to, um, that we weren't for like, need or want you know like Mm -hmm. everything was like always provided for us we didn't like have to go hungry or anything like that but it was one of those things of like my um my mom would have to go donate plasma or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that to put food on the table because when I was about 10 years old my dad was taken out of work due to like back injury um and so it kind of like shifted I feel like that's when a lot of things shifted in our family um and I kind of viewed my parents in a weird way. And I don't, I don't know if this is, like, a common thing for a lot of people. But when I was younger, my dad was, like, the – I viewed him as, like, the fun parent. Like, the parent who mm-hmm. we always got to do stuff with. And yeah. um, my mom was, like, the stern one mm-hmm. that didn't ever want to do anything with us. And, like, she never wanted to have fun. But, like, now looking back on it, it's – very clear that like my mom didn't have time like my mom was at work Mm -hmm. and my dad wasn't at work so he watched us and like that's that's when the fun stuff happened yeah Yeah. correlated fun with him because he was yeah and it's also like part of that is um like a lack of responsibility because I feel like my mom did take uh like more responsibility in like keeping things together for the family and everything whereas my dad again like complicated relationship complicated (laughs) Complicated. but um but I feel like my my dad got off on the the easier role of that like he was viewed as the fun parent because um if we wanted to do something that's what we did whether we had the money for it or not and then Mm -hmm. it was a okay well then when my mom gets home we have to figure out like where does that money come from again to pay Mm -hmm. like the bills when it should have maybe been spent in the first place and it just created like this very like like this tension you know in the house yeah do you feel like you grew up to have money trauma yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you if that there's always this thought in your head about money do we have enough yeah am I able to spend it and then you just don't feel like spending it because what if this happens what if that happens I I so I got a job like my first job was when I was 15 so mm-hmm. I got my like um my license and all that so yeah. I got my my first job and um I instantly started paying for like I, I don't know if this is like common or not but um my my parents were like okay if you're gonna have a job then you're gonna help with like some bills so I paid my car insurance um when I, oh when I got my first job <laughs> Uh, I don't I think I guess some people yeah. would see it as normal to do that but I 15 I don't think 15 is <laughs> well and like you know it's uh I also feel like I got stuff out of it like I I understand how to 
manage my money a bit better. But then also I feel like I went through, um, like when I moved off to, uh, to college, I was really good about saving my money when I was in high school and, um, worked a numerous amount of jobs, just like, (laughs) just like you. (laughs) I was a waitress. I worked at a movie theater. Those W2 forms were coming (laughs) in. (laughs) I still like, um, my parents get so traumatized having to ask for those every year. Yeah. But um yeah, I I was very good at like keeping my money and every time like it was a new month, I would yeah. make sure that my car insurance was paid first and then whatever was left over went into my savings. And I had a good little chunk of money saved up, but I also had this like very inexperienced viewing of like, oh, I can like pay for my college and like all that mm-hmm. if I just save up money. And I think um, I still have this money to this really? day. <laughs> to this day, I still have yeah. literally the the ones that I would get tipped, like as a waitress, wow. um, put it back in savings. But it was like, it doesn't even cover tuition. Like it doesn't yeah. even cover, you know, anything. But then like by the time I got into to college, I feel like I sort of had this like other side mm-hmm. of like the, the money trauma of like, <laughs> um, you didn't have this money growing up. Treat yourself. So <laughs> you would go out and treat yourself. Yes. And so like um it and uh like me and you would go like yes. out sometimes to the like Target or anything like yes. that. We went a few times together and um or like Goodwill and mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like, you know, big ticket money, but like when you're going to like TJ Maxx and like all that like constantly every, week. every weekend whatever yeah. then um it adds up and I feel it like does. I also had that did you find a way to balance that out now do you feel like you've learned from it or do you think you still have trouble I feel like it's maybe not something that's easy to to learn from mm-hmm. I feel like I'm better better with it now yeah. because um I set like rules and mm-hmm. <laughs> like goals for myself um like me and me and my boyfriend are trying to like not spend money on stuff that we don't need to because we're yeah. trying to save up for a trip and so I've started like okay if you didn't spend any money put like a little green dot on the <laughs> calendar <laughs> it's like one of those little boards when we were in elementary school where you put a oh, green yeah. star when you were being good yeah <laughs> I didn't do good on those <laughs> I got very bad no agendas way. when I was growing Were up. Were you a bad kid in school? I like to talk. Oh, okay. Because um, you're a Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like to talk. You do would, like to talk. I would come home with like um, like red like every no, day almost. That's so sad. Yeah. And, well, okay. So I would come home with red and um, – I can say this now because uh-huh. I don't think that there's any <laughs> repercussions. Any repercussions, yeah. <laughs> um, but I would uh, for, forget, air quote, or sometimes actually forget to show my parents. And so I would like forge their signature on the agenda. <laughs> and this is an elementary school um, because no. you had to have it signed, you know, if it was read. Tell us a little bit about your school career. Okay, so um, – I went straight into college um, out of high high school, school, yeah. yeah. Um, I had talked to my family about, like, oh, like, let me do, like, a cute little (laughs) year of travel or, like, whatever. Like, I had the money for it. But, um, (laughs) but, like, you know, a gap gap year. year. Yeah, like a little gap year. (laughs) And um, I don't really remember. I don't know if I made it as far as my mom in talking about this. But I I spoke to my dad, and my dad was like, no. Yes, that is how my dad was. I think one of us was trying to ch- take a gap year and he he was so upset. I'm inspired by people who do gap years and go right back to school. But for me, if I would have done that, I would have never gone back. I kind of see that now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, even like just get it over breaks and like breaks in between semesters. I'm like, wow. Yes. But he told me no. <laughs> and so I started um my undergrad at UGA uh in fall of 2018 did undergrad for uh three years I had it basically done in two but I decided to take another year which thankfully I did because I wouldn't have met Melissa if I hadn't that is so true yeah so I did that and um 
then I started pharmacy school yeah. at UGA and now so I'm we in met my your third year, year of college. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. third, yeah. So Anne was rooming with someone that I had roomed with before and we met through her and it was just so I loved her energy. I loved going out with her. I think the first time we met, we just went out shopping and we went, went to a little boba cafe. Yeah, a boba yeah. cafe. Even though she didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like <laughs> I did order something. I just You did. It was but just kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was like the one I ordered though. Okay, yeah, that's true. And I just remember wanting to keep hanging out with you we even like talked about we were like let's get like matching tattoos this was the first we'd known each other for a few hours it was very lgbtq energy (laughs) actually i don't know if it's like that influence or the gemini or just like a combination of everything i think it was a combination for sure i know some of my friends that like are gonna be listening to this absolutely despise astrology (laughs) i'm so sorry um i also was wondering how your childhood affected your mm-hmm. education because not your education but what I chose yeah yeah um well I don't I don't know if it was like any one event it was just basically like the people mm-hmm. in it um I wanted to be uh, a tattoo artist at one point and I can remember this vividly I was mm-hmm. um at a Zaxby's with my <laughs> My um my dad's parents, so my grandparents, okay. um, they're like the um the ones that like I feel like are more um traditional, like Southern Baptist, if that makes okay. sense. Um and I was like talking to them about like, oh, what do I want to do like after high school? And I told them, I was like, I think I wanna be like a tattoo artist. And I mean, it was like Satan himself had one. No, <laughs> Had sat down. Had you had any tattoos by that? No, no, no. no. This was in like, um, I think, I think I was like a freshman in high school at this talk. Yeah, they shot down your dream. Well, that was the first of many. Um, (laughs) I wanted to be a teacher, like a history teacher specifically. Uh I love history. Told my family about that, and my dad was like, "No, what?" He's like, "Teachers don't make enough." So, oh, and that goes back to the money trauma. Yeah. It's because you're yeah. always thinking about money. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I don't, again, I don't fully want to speak for them, but mm-hmm. um, my parents got married young. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just like one of those things. We, we lived pretty much like, you know, lower middle class, mm-hmm. if you could call it that. I don't remember who brought the, the idea up, though, about pharmacy. Um, oh, okay. But like my, um some of my family members mm-hmm. are like in pharmacy that's oh, what they nice. do they're pharmacists okay. um and so my my parents kind of like latched on oh. to that idea and they were like yeah like go this is it yeah looking back at it now are you happy that you followed that <laughs> yes and no <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it definitely opened up more like more things than I thought like mm-hmm. pharmacy could do. Um, I I don't know if I want to do pharmacy for like ever or mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, because we we had a chat about this. We did a little a week, and week or I so said ago. That not n- more than half do not use their majors. Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna like finish yeah. and get my degree. I might do. Um, I love like I work with uh like Kroger Pharmacy right now, and I absolutely love it. And yeah. I never considered community pharmacy before. I was like, that's just like. That's just too much. Like, yeah. like that's just too much patient interaction, um, which sounds awful. But I mean, if you could like hear a lot of healthcare people like behind the scenes, like not to create fear of healthcare providers, yeah. but like so many pharmacy people absolutely despise community pharmacy. Really? So it's interesting. Because you have to interact so much with people. Yeah. And it's like, that's like the reason so many of us start is like, oh. we want to help people and we want to like... Have patient interaction, and then you get it, and... It's not fun. It can be not fun. Like, you know, there's just... I mean, we have... People didn't really like us with, like, the opioid crisis Mm. and all that. With, like, certain communities, there's always been, like, a distrust of healthcare providers. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. And then COVID happened, Mm. and it was your heroes. Mm. Thank you for what you do. And... These are the people who are having to go to work every day. The pharmacies don't close. Hospitals don't close. You know, like, 
complete 180 and then a little bit further into COVID and it's you guys are awful like again (laughs) the the jab like the vaccine like and so like there's just this like general distrust and you have to deal with it like face to face with a lot of people people come up to you and have commentary about yeah about like the vaccine how do you deal with that distrust with that commentary i feel we like have I little training know. courses <laughs> you have to be careful with what you say because uh at the end of the day unfortunately healthcare is a business it and is. companies want to keep their patients mm-hmm. and so no matter how much you agree or disagree like you have to make sure that that patient stays there and they don't have a bad experience and you can get walked on as much as you want with like <laughs> pharmacy i didn't know what I wanted to do with it, like going in, because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, just like everybody seems like they, they know what's best for me. Besides, like the general, you help people, like <laughs> you can make a living, and like yeah. not, you can be comfortable, you know, and mm-hmm. not have to worry about money. And that sounded great, um, but I don't really know if I'm gonna stay mm-hmm. in pharmacy. But I've like found a passion for like a bunch of different things, like with like. Uh, bringing like awareness to different like languages um that people speak when they come into the pharmacy um and how we don't have people that like can effectively communicate exactly so so you want to be you want to help them be more diverse you're more on the coordination side of things yeah i think that's like where i could see myself like helping out and stuff i can see you there too yeah because <laughs> you're really good at it thank you and you're still in school yeah you're still in school you still have so much time left mm-hmm. even when you graduate there's yeah. still so much time left to figure out what you want to do there's people that switch careers at 30 there's people mm-hmm. that switch careers at 40 there's so oh yeah we have like some people in my class who are like 40 years old exactly they have, i mean they have families and yeah so i don't know I don't, how they're doing it but don't <laughs> don't kudos like you're you're ever tied down to anything because you're not so i know at this point in time you do everything on your own you had to grow up to be that way and for someone like me that would be super scary uh and we'll get more into what you do now later but how did it come to be that you're more separated from family and had to make it on your own yeah so um it's like extremely complicated and um I am pretty like I've gotten more separated from them but I've also um come to like understand them I think the distance was needed um because I I feel like I have a better relationship like with my family since moving away from college I learned how to say no Mm. um that was a big thing I I feel like I didn't learn how to say no until like the past like couple years like maybe 2020 um and just setting boundaries Mm -hmm. because And as much as um, I'm sure this comes from a place of love, (laughs) I remember before I left for college, my dad was like, okay, so you, you're going to call every single night. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, And he was like, it doesn't matter how busy you are, you at least have like a minute to call. Mm. And so I did that Mm -hmm. for years, like the first like three or four years of college we would hang out and you would have to call yeah like I'd call them like around the same time every night um and it's not that I don't want to talk to my family it's just like it's so hard to separate yourself if you're still talking to them every single day yes it's so hard to like grow and to like figure out like who you actually are like outside of this space if you're you know constantly having to to call like every single night and like now I call um just whenever I want to which Mm -hmm. is still like decently often I mean I call maybe like every three days or so Mm -hmm. but I feel like the communication's more meaningful good because if I'm calling you every night it's the same thing it's the same thing (laughs) you're just gonna get a daily recap of what I did and like you know they they help me with, like, some bills. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Um, like, my parents pay, like, my car insurance now. Um, and they pay for, like, my phone. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, health insurance mm-hmm. through my mom. Through them, yeah. 
like not to spill my whole life out, but like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound ungrateful. Yes. It's just very difficult to, um, to like, you know, to accept stuff when, uh, yeah. when the behavior, cause like that was a big thing when I was growing up is like my, um, my, my, my dad, oh, it was usually my dad. He didn't have a great handle on his like anger. Um, mm-hmm. and my, my dad got like a future like diagnosis and stuff like that of like depression and, okay. you know, um, but he didn't have a great handle on his like anger. And a lot of the time it was taken out on like those around him. Two seconds later, it was, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to forgive me and we go on. And then the same behavior happens. And then two seconds later, I'm sorry. And, you know, I I remember standing up for myself for the, like, first time was, like, um, I think I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And that happened, like, again. (laughs) And I told him, I was, like, you don't – I don't need you to, like, expect me to forgive you because I need to process it on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'll decide if I forgive you. But you can't keep apologizing for a behavior if you're going to keep doing it. Mm. Because that just, like, the apology doesn't mean anything if you're just going to do it again and again. Exactly. <laughs> like, it just doesn't mean anything. There's no change. Yeah. So I feel like I don't know if those some of those behaviors are still present. But because I'm out of the house. You don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. But then part of me feels like um, a bit guilty because my brother's not in the house anymore. But when I left for college, it was, oh, my gosh. Word. Yay. Like, no, I was, Uh-oh. like, so excited at first. And then <laughs> yeah. I thought about it. And I was like, but my brother's still at the house. Mm. And my brother would, like, talk to me and stuff like that. And it's like. It was still happening. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got this, like, part of you that's like, okay, but I'm out. But, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I left. I felt like I left him behind in it. And um and now my brother's out of college. But and from the outside, like my my parents' relationship looks great. Mm-hmm. Um in comparison to like what it was. Yeah, like what I viewed it as and stuff when I was growing yeah. up. They'll tell me like they told me a few months ago they were like, "Oh, like we um this was when it was warm, so maybe more than a few months ago." But <laughs> they were like, "Oh, we're we we got food and we went on a picnic hmm. at the park. I was like, my parents don't go on dates. <laughs> my parents don't go on dates to the park. Like, I wasn't even sure if my parents liked each other <laughs> for a lot. Um, and so I don't know if it's like, has anything changed, but maybe the, you know, the direction and the attention has just been refocused to somebody else. And I'm not at the brunt of it, but like, Part of me feels guilty for being like, oh, I'm out. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I still have, like, you know, ties and relationships with them. But mm-hmm. the distance made it better, for sure. And I think it made it better for them, too. I think you shouldn't blame yourself for getting yourself out of a situation that wasn't good for your mental health, for your well-being. And you should always think about yourself first before you think about anyone else because nobody else is going to do it. If your brother had the chance, he would have left too, I'm sure. And yeah. the distance really does make a difference because when I went to college too, I feel like it changed my whole perspective on how my parents were and how the family was as a whole. It just, and it makes you feel sad too because it's yeah. like, this is what had to happen for it to get better. This is what had to happen for us all to realize this but at the end of the day like I said change is the only constant in this world and I think that um that change is something that we all we all need because mm-hmm. we've been in a house together for so many years yeah it's gonna have to it's gonna have to change and I'm so I'm so glad that you're out of that mm-hmm. situation too because I remember you telling me more about it and it just wasn't it wasn't a good, yeah, a good environment, and you're you're making your own decisions. You're setting boundaries, and I saw that a lot last year when mm-hmm. I would stay over with you too, or I think it was this year too. Um, you were just setting boundaries in different ways that I know 
you wouldn't have before. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you. How, (laughs) How did you get to that point where you could voice your opinion and like say no and say no um how did you learn that that's a question honestly I still have like for myself um (laughs) because I think I said yes so many times to things that definitely like impacted Mm -hmm. like the trajectory of my life and like Mm -hmm. you know um and I don't want to be somebody that's like oh you have to learn from you know, your mistakes and Mm -hmm. all that, because some lessons, um, some lessons children shouldn't have to learn. I I decided not to wear makeup today because I (laughs) figured I might cry. (laughs) Um, but I feel like you also share in this that like, um, we, you're going to make me cry. I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) that we, um, have been, more so trying to like experience like our childhood and teenage like stuff through our interests and everything. Um, and so I decided to start saying no because I was mourning like my childhood and um, the potential person I could have been. But at the same time, I knew that wouldn't change if I didn't say like, if I didn't start saying no to stuff, yeah, then I wouldn't be in the the best spot that I'm in right now because I have that distance from my family and I feel like our relationships are better. I said no to past relationships and I cut them off and now I don't have that negativity, you know, in my mm-hmm. life and I have a great partner and a great little, like, our home that we live in with our great little cats. (laughs) Um, And I have the best friends and the best people that surround me. Um, So, like, I just had to, unfortunately, learn to say no through experience. And that goes down to, like, the tiniest things that you think that, like, don't make an impact, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, They add up. To get to this point, though, you had to go through so much chaos so you much. were there for some of I it. was <laughs> I was there for the end of it <laughs> and the best part though <laughs> that was the best part because it ended <laughs> yeah but, I think I know where this is going uh, <laughs> yes. um the relationships that mm-hmm. you made whether it was romantic or platonic mm-hmm. were a lot of them were chaotic mm-hmm. and I feel like you had to suffer a lot through those two the relationship that you had with your ex and yeah how you guys it was just not a good a good relationship it wasn't a good relationship and it was always up and down and you just it was mainly down yeah mainly down <laughs> <laughs> you just weren't happy in that and I feel like that's when I came in the end of it that's when you really started mm-hmm. standing up for yourself you feel like that was that you got into that relationship because you were just comfortable in chaos yeah and um I think this like connects back to some of the stuff you said in like your Mm -hmm. mental health episode of like you get so comfortable in it and you start to miss it yeah every now and then and thankfully I haven't been missing it um no yeah never (laughs) never again (laughs) I learned um but I think like to add some context to it I was like a extremely, this is going to sound out of left field. I was extremely into like movies and books and stuff like that growing up. And I feel like part of it was like to kind of, you know, escapism, you know, yes. and I tried to like apply that to my life. So when I met my ex when I was 15, so I was like mm. a sophomore in high school. Um, You're still a baby. As a baby. And it just makes me even more mad. You were a child. Yeah. And you had to go through this. But I started dating that person and um, I, and we would say this to each other, like constantly like, oh, when we get out of high school and we get married and all this we're we're gonna be like the high school sweethearts you know what I mean like it was very much like a little hallmark moment like (laughs) I love love a good hallmark movie (laughs) (laughs) same plot (laughs) for everything but um yeah so like I felt like I just wanted it to 
be something that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I feel like I got very complacent and I was like, you know, like nobody is nobody else is going to want to be in a relationship with me. At that point, I had um, experienced um, what I had felt was like my first love yeah. and like all that. Um like bef- before him, like when I was in um, the eighth grade, I believe it was eighth grade, I had my first girlfriend and I was uh-huh. like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. The, We're getting you know, The sun, the moon, everything revolves around her. <laughs> and it was like, we we had a wedding planned in Ireland. Oh like, God. but it was very like um, escapism in a way because oh, okay. um it was very, how do we come out? And like, you know, like all this stuff. Um, and just kind of preparing for the worst. Mm-hmm. And and then she broke up with me. Um, <laughs> that is rude. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We move on. Yeah. And then I experienced, you know, a few other relationships. And uh, they broke up with me too. And um, then I had like my first like decent like good relationship with um with a boy and this was my freshman year of mm-hmm. high school and we'd been dating and everything was good he was nice as could be like literally mm-hmm. such a sweetheart um i'm speaking on his past person i can't speak of <laughs> i don't know when or where he is right now <laughs> that's okay we don't need to name names. um but so sweet and i feel like i got very complacent in that and I was like okay this is nice and I could keep going in the niceness there's no drama there's no you don't write a teen dystopian novel about this <laughs> about yeah. this um and so I broke up with them and then that's when I met like mm. you know my ex and it was like this has to be it like I felt like you know everybody's yeah. breaking up with me <laughs> that I actually like you know really feel like I have a connection with and also, like, dealing with, um, like, other personal issues mm-hmm. and the rise of great Tumblr. Like, you just have so many influences. You do. Yeah. And so I stayed with him for five years. Um, three of those. No, two. Sorry, two. Two of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we were engaged. I got engaged, um, as Ellie knows. <laughs> It was it was really hard to hear that you were engaged because first of all, I didn't. We were in school, we were babies, we were babies, and it was. I was like, what? Like she said it, and I turned around. I was like, what did you just say? You said fiance. This was also at the time we were twenty and twenty one, right? Yeah. The second part was that you didn't sound excited about it, and I was. I started to get really concerned about it because every time you would bring it up you just you looked drained yeah and as like my (laughs) um like our friend at the time like uh she was my roommate so Mm -hmm. she had to witness it unfortunately firsthand yeah Yeah, like the The phone call the phone calls yeah (laughs) everything everything um I mean it was it was bad and so draining. And I feel like the only reason it lasted as long as it did, mm-hmm. um, like for those two years was because of the fact that I was away. away. Yeah. Like I was in college. I didn't have to see him. So how did you end up getting out of that? So it was in October of 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah October of 2020. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, Rocky Horror. Yes, yes. I remember that. We went for that. And um And he thought we were dating. <laughs> like all three of us were dating. Yeah, like well I posted pictures on Instagram. And yes. this was like um the like the final, not even like the final straw. I mean the, it, had it had already been, been yeah. Um but it was just kinda like I had already decided it was happening, like yeah. I was breaking up with this person. Um just hadn't found the right way or time you know to do it and um but I had posted pictures when we went and he took a screenshot of one of them and he like texted it to me and he told me that I was like a whore 
that parties all the time. Melissa knows me. I She was in her dorm room <laughs> half the time as was I. <laughs> I barely half. got out. Like Yeah, we j- if we went out, we went on that was, innocent little walks. That was the actual like I think that was like the only social event that we had ever yeah, like at that point been so. to. Yeah. Um and when I say social event, it was like was in the UGA film. Tate Center. Yeah, yeah like it, it was wasn't at school. It was a school event. It wasn't even like a like a frat house, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, he like texted me that, and I was like, okay, that's that on that. Yeah, that's it. Like, okay, and he tried to call me, and I was like, I can't answer. Um, I was at work, and um, and then he got like mad and uh, said some inappropriately rude things about like my family. And I was like, okay. Like, that's how I like, responded. I was like, okay. And you had already. I hadn't broken up with him oh, yet. Okay. Yeah, this was like him finding out <laughs> that I was breaking up with him because he was at work and I was trying to be a very nice person. Yes. And I was going to wait until after he got off work you were. because I knew he had the next day off of work. And I was like, listen, you're going to mourn. You're going to need time. You're, you're going to need time because guess what? Off. I was great. <laughs> literally and um so i was trying to be as nice as could be and like wait until he was off work and he um texted me that and i was just like okay and then i told him i was like listen when i get off work and when you get off work we're gonna have a chat like on the phone i'm so afraid right now and (laughs) i feel like i'm living it (laughs) i feel like i'm getting broken up with again (laughs) again And so I um I was I said that to him and he goes, Well, if you're gonna break up with me, yeah. like go ahead and do it. And I was like, No, I just wanna like talk to you when you get off work. Cause I was like still very like, um, I've been in this relationship for five years now. Like um We love each other, we have respect for each other. It was even though also, he had none. Well, it was also a big part of it was um familiarity. Mm, so you were like it was comfortable. It was a not even comfortable, but it was like we knew each other. I couldn't at that point imagine like restarting the talking <sighs> phase, and you know, like yeah. it was just fresh. Yeah, yeah. It is hard to think about that too because yeah. y- people don't want to know. I don't want to know your favorite color. I don't want to know a million people's favorite color. Well, I mean, I want to know your favorite color, but like in a romantic way, like. <laughs> Yeah, like but, think the Hunger Games, like when they're like, "Oh, like what's your favorite color?" Yeah, but when and he's like orange, just dating culture these days. <laughs> yeah, we hate it. Yeah, I like so. wanted to meet somebody like organically yes. and like all that, which I did, like with him technically, but it was like also high school. It was a high school in thing. a little podunk town, so like, yeah, you know, population so you just, seven thousand. It wasn't even that. Um, that relationship was. Uh, I think you just hit your breaking point at that point. It yeah. wasn't even someone telling you to get out of it. You just had to learn. Yeah. For, by going through it. Yeah, basically. Because that's how it works with these kinds of relationships. I mean, they will keep you in there for as long as they can. Yeah. For the rest of your life sometimes. Well, and, you know, I got every name calling and whatever in the book. Like, not only during, but especially, like, when I broke it off with him and everything because I ended up getting off work and then speaking with him on the phone and um it wasn't a very productive phone call I mean I got my end point in it and that was that we were like done and I don't mean to be like Mm -hmm. a bad person and break off an engagement over the phone but it was you got to do what you got to do it was done (laughs) it was done two years ago moving on from this person Mm -hmm. We don't, we're leaving that person. Yeah. We don't like talking about that person. We do it every now and then. We just like drama and giggles. We love the tea, (laughs) the horchata. And that's Um, it. (laughs) I can only imagine the, you know, toll this had on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're comfortable with saying, how do you feel like your upbringing affected how your little brain chemistry works today. <laughs> In what ways did it not? <laughs> um, 
mental health just like wasn't something that was like talked about. We didn't have like the chunkla or anything, yeah. but we <laughs> we had the belt. <laughs> and um the belt. Like I remember my first like panic attack, like I was like hyperventilating and yes. stuff. Um it's like I experienced that like a lot when um the belt would be brought out like yes you know but you didn't know what it was i mean i was literally like hyperventilating like i like couldn't breathe like was crying yes. and like all that and it's not even like i don't even know if the pain of it was like a factor it was mostly like fear mm-hmm. um but i feel like that definitely you know affected altered the brain chemistry yeah. a little bit yeah and you know i'm a Big, big advocate for gentle parenting done right. We love um, gentle parenting. Yes. <laughs> like, don't let your kids step on you, but you know what I mean. Yes. Gentle parenting, like, the right way. Um, and it definitely affected, like, um, what I thought was acceptable from other mm. people was a big one. Um, like, how much can other people get away with treating me to, to, to be hit from, like, somebody that you, like, love and they tell you they love yes. you. And then um, to not be expected to think that that's, like, normal, you know, like, later. Um, but I feel like it made me paranoid, mm. like, extremely paranoid. I I was um, an extremely, like, I just, I was a compulsive liar when oh, I was younger. yeah, yeah. I and I don't know. know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now everybody's going to be, like, questioning things I've told them. Um, but, no, it we was – moved on from that Yeah, phase. yeah. It was when I was, like, pretty young. Um, yeah. Because it's what you had to do to sur- survive. Yeah, I think it was, like, a like a coping It was thing. a survival instinct, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but I was a compulsive little liar. And um, – <laughs> And – But I found, like, I was so paranoid about, like – you know, doing, doing anything. Because the one thing that I got from my family, especially was academic validation. If I'm, I'm not doing well, like with school. And that's why I kind of like wonder who I am, like outside of a student, you know, because that's all I've ever been as a student. My parents didn't have to sit us down and tell us to do our homework. Like we did it. We got joy from school. And like, that's so real. Yeah. And it was like, great, because everybody's like, oh, like my, my mom and my dad, when they like, talked about us or even like my grandparents or whatever like to strangers or well I, they're not strangers to my parents but um <laughs> but when they would talk to them um and like to actually see like they were like proudness you know on their face like when mm-hmm. they talked about us um it was like usually basically centered around like school it like I don't know it just made me so paranoid about like I have to be perfect mm. all the time and um to like tie in the, the the lying part is like I felt like if I wasn't doing um, everything right, then I was a disappointment. It wasn't right, but I very quickly <laughs> realized that if I displayed this pseudo openness mm-hmm. with my my parents, like I come home and I tell them like everything, mm-hmm. air quote everything. Mm-hmm. And I seemed to them as though I was open and I was a kid who shared and they believed me because, I mean, all I ever did was tell them the truth at every other point and I told them everything. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's like a little bit of mental illness, but... (laughs) It it, 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 it sounds like it. (laughs) A little psychotic. Um, But I felt like that was like what I had to do to, To to get by. And now you're not like that, though. No. Unless you're lying about not being like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like being at this point in your life, you don't have to find ways to survive. Yeah, now. like I'm still like open with my mm-hmm. parents and stuff. Um, I do catch myself like maybe not telling the full truth, the full truth. With, with them. I feel like you've started getting the help that you have always wanted and you you've always needed so Mm -hmm. how how has that journey been with healing I fully fully advocate for people going to like you know counselors and therapists and you know being medicated and all that um I still don't necessarily have the resources to like see if I need you know like medication and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but I've seen like a ton of 
growth and help like just by surrounding myself with people mm-hmm. who like are awful human beings yeah. <laughs> you know like it sounds so like well duh <laughs> but like it's so easy to keep people like in that your life for you yeah because it's what if you're in that environment you're going to tra- attract people that are in that same position mm-hmm. i feel you attract what you're ready for and i feel like once you're out, once you got out of that environment, you were ready for the yeah. for good people. Or people that, like, understand where you're at and mm-hmm. they take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Because I feel like I used to be, like, a very much so, like, a like a, like a walking mat to yeah. some people because I didn't know how to say no. What's the biggest thing that you've learned from being independent? Actually, the probably the biggest thing that I still haven't fully learned, but I think that I'm trying to learn Mm -hmm. is how to be alone. I'm independent in this way or from these people. Like, you know, like I feel like I'm pretty independent of like my family and like all this. Um, But I also have found that I have put other people like the foundations for like my growth. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, you know, it's if you make other people the foundations it's for your growth, down. yeah. Like if something happens to that person, then there goes your building. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's like the biggest thing that I'm like I'm learning. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to learn. I think it's so important to know how to be alone. Mm-hmm. Well, and thank you so much for being here today. I seriously appreciate you beyond words. And I am continuously inspired by your kind soul. I'm also really excited to see where this life takes you because there's so many options you're going to be choosing from. But either way, I will be right behind you, even if it's just a visit. So save me a room. Oh, I love you. (laughs) I love you too. You're so cute. And I'm so happy that you're still in my life. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you for coming please be sure to give this episode five stars if you enjoyed it or me and Anne will cry <laughs> i hope that picked thank up you. thank you all so much for listening and i will see you in the next episode bye, bye. <laughs>